Welcome back to an all new installment of the Super Metal Brothers podcast where you push it. Yeah, you push it. I'm Super Metal Brother Matt. And I'm Super Metal Brother Dan. We are one week away from the Heavy SA Festival. Actually, when this comes out, it'll pretty much be like five days away from the uh, Heavy SA Festival, Danny. A lot of bands, all in Adelaide. It's going to be a big day. I think it starts around 12, finishes around the same time at the night, like 12 o'clock at night. Looking forward to it. Yeah, it should be a great day. A lot of great bands, good diverse sound as well, which you want. You just don't want like one genre of music for 12 hours straight. That can get a bit uh, tight. And Danny was happy enough to support his favorite band by purchasing a ticket from Hidden in the Tent, no less than Danny. So he's got a ticket ready to go. Yeah, all good. I'm one of those guys because I bought a ticket online. My name's on the door. So I'm one of those guys who slows down like the line. <laughs> you know those... um. Tap and go commercial breaks where everybody's paying with tap and go and one guy pulls out cash and the girl's like, oh, paying cash, what's going on here? <laughs> I'm that guy with the ticket. I'm the uh, door, door, door guy. That's okay because if you guys, because I think Jason North actually might have sold out, but if you guys need a ticket, the Super Mel Brothers can provide. We've got a couple of tickets left. So if you guys needing a ticket for the festival, feel free to hit us up on the Facebook and we'll see if we can't get you one. They're 15 bucks and uh, all proceeds help out uh, a good cause, which is the survival of bands that are trying to make it out in Adelaide. And what's more needing than those guys? I don't know. Maybe our uh, news stories this week, Danny. Maybe we should talk about it. This week, we're going to be covering a few things. Uh, talking to our fans about their favorite songs and uh, what their favorite sports teams are and see if we can't like meld them together. So when they're walking out, you know, we want an anthem for them to get excited about playing this game of probably getting on some early concussion and obviously early uh, death as well. And uh, what songs do they come out to? So we asked the fans that question. We also asked them... Um, or asked ourselves what we thought of the last uh, latest Crow album, no, the Crown album, Danny, with uh, Cobra Speed Venom. Yeah, it sounds great, Cobra Speed Venom. You just kind of already know what type of music this is going to be. It sounds like a kick-ass G.I. Joe commercial. G.I. Joe. But first, let's talk the news. Straight off the bat, we're talking Dimmy Borgie with the Council of the Wolves and Snake. They've got their second single release for their upcoming album. And uh, needless to say, if you like bands like Nightwish and bands that aren't actually in black metal, you might like this song. Oh, uh, it's, I mean, it's not as like, I guess, what happy as the song they released last. So that was a bit more Eurovision y. Yeah, that was well, the intro, particularly was. And even that chorus, that you know, chorus, was very happy. Yeah. yeah. This one here was, I think it's a bit more of a standard, like, just symphonic metal song. I think it just drags out slow and brooding and yeah. all that stuff. They managed to find a blast bit in there somewhere, yeah. but I don't know. The song itself didn't didn't do any wonders for me. I mean, a lot of people are claiming this is a throwback to their past, but for me, I feel like they did it kicking and screaming because there's so many like ideas that are thrown in this song that it's a little jarring to listen to. I, I don't love it, but I didn't hate it. It's just a, it's a song that's coming out from Dimmy. Well, this is it. I mean... What have they done a release date yet for the album? I'm not too sure. Yeah, it's coming out pretty soon, man. Is I think it? Uh, a month oh, or so. Go. Yeah, I think May's a date, but then again, I didn't really check because yeah, yeah, yeah. the album itself hasn't gone like, oh, when's this album coming out so we can review it? It's like when it comes out, of course, we're going to let our fans know we think about it. But uh, the first song I didn't mind, this song here, I didn't really care yeah. for too much. This one's not great. Anyway, so hopefully, look, there's a lot of songs on the album. You're not going to like them all. Danny, so. your, your boy Bill Burr's featured again, everyone's favorite comedian. And if he's not your favorite comedian, then you don't have, you're not funny. I mean, yeah. Amy Schumer isn't a comic. She's no. just someone who uh, says uh, vagina jokes that uh, bomb with pretty much people who have 
don't have vaginas pretty much. Yeah, and even some which do have vaginas, man. Oh, that's true too. Anyway, it doesn't matter. We're going to move on to what the thing about Bill Burr. And apparently he's 30 years too late. He's getting onto the Slayer bus, especially the South of Heaven album. A little too late, he reckons. I think you just get into it when you get into it. Yeah. It's just waiting for that gig. Unfortunately, you've got pretty much one gig left to go see in your hometown, I'd imagine. Well, that's the better news. Like if he found out about Slayer 31 years later... It went one year too late to actually see them live. So at least he had enough time to see them live. And that's oh, what you got to right. do. That's like with any band you really love. If you have an opportunity to see him, do your best to see him. I know it's hard in Australia because a lot of bands miss Australia or skip certain cities. But unfortunately, I had to go see Symphony X in Sydney because I thought it's probably the only chance I'll have to see him. And that's right. If you can do it, just do it, mate. Just do it. And Bill Bird's doing it. Like, he's getting into some sugar now. He's talking mm. about this. He's really putting himself... He's like kind of cross-branding himself across all the genres. But he seems li- like legit. He wouldn't be like oh, yeah, I like metal just to get likes. He's like, nah, man, metal's like the best. If yeah, you don't like, like it, go F yourself. Yeah, no, he started like, he's Master Zeppelin and ACDC fan, but he grew up in like, listening to all the Sunset Strip bands, like Poison and Motley Cruz and stuff. Mm. So he's, he was kind of wanted to glam rock, but I think his new drum teacher he's got now is kind of ex- letting him experience all these other drummers. And now yeah. he's like, learning more about the drums. He finds out how technical these metal drummers are. I like, wow, these guys are great. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Vinny... Uh, a piece it dismisses comparison between Last in Line and Dio Disciples. Now, the thing is, Last in Line, from what I understand, is actually the original Dio lineup for those those uh, prolific albums that he did back in the day. So, this is apart from Dio's in it. Obviously, Dio came down with that poor case of being dead. Yeah. But the band still lives forever in his name. They got guys who come in now and then to do vocals, is it kind of thing? But the band in itself is still the band. Yeah, pretty much. I think two original members, right? Of course, have to change the singer because yeah, you have to. Mm. And your idea, disciples. I think I think they still have like one or two ex Dio members, but they they're like the later years of Dio. Yeah, not like one of the original guys like Goldie and the Peachy. Mm, that's right. I think they got like Vivian Campbell or something. But anyway, so and that's why. So he's coming out and said, no, no, we're like the original Dio kind of. Well, actually, they're not a tribute band. He says, no, no, we are Dio. Like, they are Dio. Dio. And now we're releasing new material. The other guys are the cover tribute band. And That's like, right. I mean, Dio, the thing is, he was a bit of a perfectionist from what I've read. So he would have had a kind of say, I would imagine, in the wrist. But more or less, this is the closest you'll get with those old style with this band. And so, apart from the singing, but maybe you can get Ronnie, whatever, Romero from Rainbow. And yeah. then the whole thing's complete. You know, that's as close as you'll get to Dio, and that'll work for you. Yeah, it's funny because I was talking to Peachy about, like, in Dio, and he, he started saying, like, we all had a hand, we all wrote the songs, but before he could finish a sentence, he goes, Oh, we all like had a say in the songs. Like, yeah, Dio wrote everything. You yeah. guys might put like one or two riffs in, but it was all Dio's yeah. work. Can I have a say in it? No, there's my sentence. <laughs> <laughs> album about, written. Yeah, instead of like using the, how about and the? Oh, yes, I like that, the wording. And that's why Richie Blackmore and Dio would never work ever again, which is a great shame because when they got together, that made just brilliance, you know. But hey. Let's move on to our next uh, story with... Oh, no, we're going we're gonna to miss that one down. I'll come back to it. Don't worry. Right. But the uh, jerk of the week, the guys who ripped off Flesh God Apocalypse. Unfortunately, their gear was robbed at a gig in Sweden. Now, according to the band, this is their quote exactly. Last night, some miserable piece of shit broke into our van and stole our live rig, production tools, stage props, drum gear, signature-made custom guitars. Oh and bass by Rufini Guitars, merchandise, and various spare parts. Basically, they've taken them dry. Now, what's going to happen, man? Do you reckon the metal community will find this? I mean, when you have a custom-made guitar and you're trying to move it, people generally will know, but being a metal band, it might be a bit trickier. Oh, yeah, and they, it is Swedish. They're a pretty big metal uh, community. Even I think the local press and stuff has gotten a hold of the story and uh, trying to help Flesh recover the gear. A lot of the um, imagery of the guitar stuff are being circled around. Mm-hmm. So... It could be one of those things like 
if the guys try to sell it, they'll get caught, but these guys might just keep their stuff. Like, I love the production gear that they can sell on because that's like, even though it's probably good quality stuff, it is still like, how can you tell it's flesh guards? Yeah. But it's just another one of those dick moves. Like, this is happening too often. Yeah, not, it happened with know? Jeff Lemus as well. We had to cover that story uh, last time, and it's just, these guys are scraping by. Literally, their tour van is their home, and they're just taking what they need from it. But, you know, we really hope that this is just a passing story and they get their stuff back. Patreon really helps these guys out and because uh, I think they started one. Go find it. Go throw your lunch money at them because these boys are fantastic and it's yeah. a great shame to see someone like these guys struggling while, uh, you know, x of pop stars is, you know, doing a fart and getting paid $3 million for it. It's terrible. I mean, the privilege of these guys, Matt, to lose their gear on oh, tour. It's too early, Denny. We can't go to that <laughs> I'm story just, I'm yet. just teasing. I'm just teasing Yeah, absolutely. Just, just imagine we are triggered right now, and we'll cover that later. Ice Earth, John Schaffer. It's my effing song. I'll re-record it if I want to now. He's referring to um, literally re-recording some of his old material with the band. and Because um, he, he comes out and said that he's doing new material, but if he wants to do his old stuff... He can. He's got his own studio and FM. So he basically, you know, a guy who's doing his own thing, singing his own song and beating to the drum of his own tune. Uh, whatever. I guess he's true. Uh, there's no argument to it, but it doesn't maybe get him any more fans. Uh, I think people get angry because he wants to re-record and re-release all his back catalogue under his own label, which means he keeps the royalties. They don't go to record companies. Yeah. Again, I'm not sure if that works because... No, I'll, it doesn't. I don't think yeah, so. Because you're writing... Um, the person who wrote the album is the person who's going to get credit to it. So he might get maybe the production line. I don't know. I well, I think thought, so. Because once you've recorded that song, it's trademarked under that previous company. So yeah. you're re-recording it. Aren't you just covering your old... I don't know how it works. Anyway, maybe he knows a loophole. Maybe there's some sort of musical loophole we don't know about. But I can mm. see why he does it financially if he, he does retain the rights by doing this. And if people are upset saying, oh, you're re-recording songs, that's not fair. I like the old song. But you still have the old song. Yeah. Listen to the older version. Who cares? Yeah. It's not like he's deleting your, like, only computer version, <laughs> deleting it, breaking all the old CDs. Breaks into your house. And it's like, <laughs> you won't be needing that anymore. John Shepard. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you play the old Phil Barlow stuff. Ah, it's crap. He's come out a lot in the news there lately. He's one of those guys who definitely uh, has an opinion on everything. Is anything da- awfully dangerously close to being the next uh, Rob uh, Flynn or, you know, the Fred Durst or... Corey Taylor. Yeah, do I say nah, Corey Taylor? No, not really, because he seems to be pretty good at the moment. Like The only things he really talks about is people being overly offended, which is true. Yeah. And, yeah, and we'll get to that story in yeah. a sec. Whoa, oh, more teasing. Keep doing it. Yeah, it's great. It. No, but he doesn't seem that like righteous at the moment, but no. who knows? What about we're talking here with... Um, oh, uh, St. Vincent. Now, it's a chick who plays guitar. It isn't really a metalhead per se. In fact, I don't think she's written a metal piece. I've heard some of her stuff on YouTube. Um, it's rocky. It's poppy. Oh, it's, it's a little bit soothing. Um, but that's okay. She's got an opinion on metal, which is okay. We can <laughs> yeah, hear it. Fair enough. Why not? Um, she isn't happy about fashion kids wearing Metallica shirts. Uh, this is a quote that she had on Twitter. I want to be the kind of assholes who sees Fashion Kid in a vintage Metallica t-shirt and insists they be able to sing at least one song from Ride the Lightning. Now, even Metallica came out and uh, had a go at there saying, give, give them a break if they don't know the words to escape with like a laughy thing. Because obviously Metallica like, hey, they're buying our shirts, man. Would you just back off? Yeah. Like, let those yuppies fuel our need to go out and buy a half an acre in Guatemala or something, you know, so they can drive livestock or maybe another guitarist. Who knows, you know? Apparently, Dirk can't play solos anymore as much as he can, so you might need to grow that next year. Jeff Loomis, although he might be out of a band soon. We never know. 
I reckon this St. Vincent chick was probably one of those people who just said, oh yeah, the Black Album's like the best Metallica album ever. And then like on Christmas recently, she got given a Ride of Lightning album. And yeah. now she thinks she's all cultured and metal. It's like, oh yes, Ride of Lightning is a great album. Yes, I really like Seek and Destroy. Ha 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 ha. Uh, I think she's, look, I understand. She's like, that's a very metalhead thing to say. It's kind of like, you know, oh, you're really a fan of that band. Well, why don't you name me some of the songs that aren't on the Black Album? Yeah. That's a very metal thing to say. And Metallica coming out and saying, oh, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, that's not the metal thing to say. It's like, what is happening? Is this a paradox? Are the people in the pop industry now more metal and more wow. authentic than the metalheads right now? I think it's just a one-off. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to, you know, blow your mind and scare you over there, Danny. I think you've just gone all like, you know, um, seven on you or something. You yeah, know? Like, oh, I got heads in the box. <laughs> <laughs> What's in the box, man? What's in the box? Um, it's okay. It's okay. We'll move on to our next story with um, the uh, young middle fans being high-risk increase of suicide self-harm study finds. Now, the British Journal of Clinical Psychology um, sounds like a pretty catchy name. Good name for a band, maybe. Um, groups belonging to alternative subcultures are far f- greater risk of hurting themselves. Many people become affiliated with these groups because they feel like they don't fit into society and so face a lot of vulnerabilities. But there also may might be victimization and stigma associated with belonging to the subcultures. Now, this is an interesting point because, like they say, they're not saying that people who then buy a Metallica shirt are going to instantly go to Jim's mowing so they can cut their grass or they cut their wrists low and uh, really badly um <laughs> so if you work for jim's mowing <laughs> nothing's out of being a joke here but he's they're also saying that's interesting like people in the outskirts find metal because it is the anthem from people who have been pushed out or just cannot find that place and so that's where all the best music comes from people who are the most depressed in life unfortunately you need to balance that and uh, keep away from the alcohol if it means uh yeah, going oh, just quoting yourself overboard danny what do you think of this um article well it's tricky because it kind of made a link, but then also wasn't sure why that link existed. So it's kind of like it's an early stage of a study where they found a somewhat of like a connection, but they really don't know why. They're not sure if it's a cause and effect. Like people who are that way inclined are drawn to metal, or people who like listen to metal somehow get more aggressive. I don't well, think it's a second. Well, whether you're super assumption brothers here as well, super metal. So let's assume, Danny, that we know the answers here and call it because, you know, this is what people do. We're betting men, right? Yeah. I think that people who um, listen to metal aren't going to go ahead and be depressed. I think it's complete. I think it's complete other way around. Firstly, all forms of art like this, I find is more cathartic to find something like this, get your frustrations out and be happier. So with violent video games, violent music, violent parents, or maybe the last one's a bit trickier, but um, yeah, the first two definitely, I find that uh, people uh, are drawn to it because it gives them uh, the happiness. And without, I think that'd be pushed over the edge even further, to be honest. It could be that it could be that you're right. People who are a bit upset and feel like they're alone in the world. They, get drawn to this music because it doesn't give them that feeling. You're like, so it gives that community feel. Yeah. So it could just be, it's just like a unfortunate that metal gets tied into it because these guys are really feel depressed. That's Well, that's the it. second part of it though. Yeah. They were saying there might be victimization and stigma. Well, you know, they're jerks in the world, unfortunately, and they're going to have an opinion on everything, you know. The alpha dogs who are like going to go out there and have a shit on you because, you know, they want to make sure they're on their perch so they can get all the uh, mating rituals with their same sex or other sex. I don't really know. I don't really care because we're metalheads and we've been born to just follow music that kicks ass, I guess. So about the music, man. Yeah. So uh, Look, with that, I think this uh, cult, I think the study might just be a way of making sure these people have a job. A little bit like the next article we can talk about, Danny. All right. I was going to say, look, it is a serious issue, though. So if you are oh, yeah. self-harming or you feel depressed, definitely seek help yeah. because it's not worth 
losing your life over that. And, and, and if you literally feel that way from listening, can you tell us what song it is and what band it is? Because I'd be really curious to hear it. You know, if this band is putting you over the edge, I want to know what it is because I reckon that'd be fascinating. Nah, study. I found it was what Marilyn Manson was doing it, but that's what bullshit. No, nah, because I remember these guys who were damaged and listened to like the one, like the Pantera thing where there was the suicide note part one, and one guy killed himself listening to the song, right? But what they failed to admit was the guy was clinically depressed right now. He's on the lowest end of his rope, and he listened to the song on repeat like a billion times so he was just like circling the drain the whole time he could have had like the washing machine on he's still gonna you know pop his um yeah he's pop himself out but again this is what i'm thinking just out loud um i, I really believe that yeah metalheads aren't listening to songs and uh yeah and yeah. being sad sure is it too early to talk about the triggered the triggering part one <laughs> just do it Let's i think, do it. I think it's, we teased that enough yeah okay so what we're talking about here is a very Incredible article written by junkies.com. Now, Man, that's when you hear like top level like journalism, you <laughs> New York Times, yeah. and then you have junkies Washington right Post, yeah. you know, the Australian, the Advertiser, the Age, all, all the age you know, uh, the, the Financial Review. This needs to be, they always need to be recycled. They're newspaper, right? Just throw them in the recycling because junkie. Oh my god! I'm hitting. I'm hitting stuff. That's how excited I am. But <laughs> lean, junkie is the way of the future, Danny. They know the. They've got the answers, and their yeah. fans all use the same lingo which means it's not a cult or anything <laughs> it's the truth and they've all agreed on it so it must be right Danny exactly right it's actually amazing they, they are so like well educated they all like respond with the same language and the same syntax which is actually right it's not like they've been brainwashed no 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 no, no. they're just so equally on that with the next plateau of intelligence we can't understand their replies oh. and not only that they're so smart is that if you don't answer how they want you to answer well then you're wrong then you're wrong it's not your yeah. opinion no 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 there's there's answer the right way. way no sorry there's the wrong way and the junky way right yeah. they're your two answers and if you don't get the one out then be forced to have an apology <laughs> which will not be good enough because you know you weren't right the first time and that is bad yeah the name of the article um uh, melbourne musician forced to apologize after giving a train wreck train wreck interview about diversity so not only did they answer they answered so poorly that it was the same as literally like mass carnage people dying jobs out out of the line like literally this is by far the most cringeworthy answer we've ever heard danny and it's it's, it's thrown society back numerous years it's shame because this was done in the download like instead of talking about the excitement of download being back a metal festival being back in Australia in fact even like a music festival being back in Australia because they're kind of saying to die off now instead of like focus your your um, article on the rise of a new metal festival now you feel like you decide to attack not good enough certain so, area so basically they're giving the guy a go to Dale Tanner he was a bass player from the band uh, OG uh, was it Orange Grove I think it is yeah yeah, Orange, yeah Ocean Grove sorry my apologies Ocean Grove now um Ocean Grove basically responded because they were asked about like this. There's a problem like there's a big gender difference. You know, there was a big problem with Diane Lowe being there's too many men, right? It's too many guys that are playing on the day, right? Not enough girls, you know, and, that, and that's bad. The five girls is just bad. Now, although people maybe want parody or whatever, um, it was just it was wrong of download and. They asked the bands. Um, they asked Orange, Ocean Grove what they thought, and they just gave the answer. Well. Well, basically, Dan, what were they saying in the answer, to summarise? Oh, to paraphrase, they were pretty much saying, look, uh, you should be based on your music quality and your music styles. And if people love your music and you're popular based on your music alone, that should get you there. It shouldn't. You shouldn't feel like you'd have to fill certain quotas 
or have a certain representation of certain demographics. They're saying it should be purely, purely based on the music. And what they answered with, well, you know, we got here from Junkie saying that's a very tone-deaf response to a question about the issue of diversity in festival lineups. I love that tone deaf. That's clever. Well done. It's it's yeah. I know, right? Well it's like done. they got they got to throw in a bad pun, and as well as a bad comment, right? <laughs> again, quality journalism always has bad puns. So yeah. again, top journalism here. The problem is, Danny, that it's really like they're not doing anything, and they're just poking holes in something that someone worked really, really hard to do, and tried really, really hard to like make it at least work out for them. Um, now. I actually got in contact with the band to ask, because the metal community in itself was actually behind them. They thought that their answer was reasonable, and they thought it was polite, and they thought it was really to the point. It was just like, because if you're taking, you're going to take it away from people who have worked really, really hard. Just so, what, you can see some vaginas on the stage, which you can't even see. And are we assuming genders now, because there was five uh, yeah, girls yeah. there? Are we just like looking at them like, yeah, that's a girl. Like, who, what gives them that right to even assume that they were all guys? Nah, if you play their, like, If we play logic, their game. But, but we're not going to do that, because I wanted to talk, I wanted to talk to them about it. And they really, just to paraphrase what they said to me, they were like, look, they might feel that they're misdirected in their approach, but the idea that maybe we can encourage more minorities into metal is ideally a good thing. It's a very diplomatic answer, but we're not here to be diplomatic, Danny, are we? And uh, the further risk of my career and not being featured on a junkie uh, website, which is really actually making me upset right now. But we can really get into this, can't we, Danny? Yeah, I just like the standard reply from these people. First off, they always said, oh, a typical cis male. Now, the word cis <laughs> is completely stupid. You know, I actually watched, I watched ABC The Drum where it had like, they always get like, People of high level intelligence, you could say, like professors, lord, people like of high level intelligence, mm. and they were actually debating. And, and the drums pretty left wing, so they're yeah. normally like catered to this type of language. And they couldn't. They they said, I read like studies and reports, and they use terms like cis and stuff. And these journalists are like, I don't know what they're talking about. Like they, these are high level intellectual people, yeah. and they read terms like that, and they and they scoff at us, and it's just stupid. So the problem the is, problem. what they want to see is more of that privilege rap and less yeah. of like you know arch enemy, or maybe not arch enemy because they're guys. I mean, let's go Jira. And for that, I just cannot accept that as being a good right thing. You know, like um, the privilege rap and all that kind of stuff. That's the the literature that they want to they spew is bad. Like it's not, it, it gets completely destroyed. Like the comment section on those ABC videos, you get like. 20 likes from another video but that one you get 10 14,000 freaking comments of just being blasted like no one wants to be preached like that and if you want to see organically or more chicks whatever I think why don't they organize their own show they can call it um, uh, Feminist 189 which is pretty much like the amount of people probably break up to the show put it Femwave Femwave that's it Femwave 2006 yeah, do it yeah. and do it get they can. You can only let bands in that talk about privilege, the patriarchy, and female um, bands, female bands, or guys yeah. identify as females. And that's it. And that's all you can do. That's and it. and have like your menstruating blood corner where they, they pee on top of like canvases and stuff. All yeah, the talking points. Right. They yep. talk about the wage gap and all like you, you'll be a haven. You'll be so in love. Like why don't you just do that? They yeah, to. I think didn't someone like in Sweden or somewhere around the world they wanted to make an all female festival. And it's like, well, good. They're doing it. So copy their, yeah. Copy their scene. It's gonna be done. But it's just the attitude is so. Typical. This guy responded. I thought fairly. He goes, no, a music festival should be based on how popular the band is and how the guys for organize the festival can make money out of it, based on like getting people through the door. That's mm. that's what your whole goal is when you run a business. It's not I'm came to every blade percentile because you won't make money and you won't survive. Yeah. And their answer was a fair answer and an appropriate answer. And these people didn't like that answer and I thought they would attack him. Yeah. He said, well, no. You can still have your critique saying, oh, no, we want, we prefer more um, diversity. 
But then you're not you're not a journalist then. You're doing an op-ed piece. A yeah. journalist just reports about what they say. Yeah. You've got you to separate the two, you know? No, that's right. They can't do it. So with that... It's and I like to, so I, I'll go back to that. I'll go back to this privilege oh, thing. You do, yeah, you're doing it. And, and, no, I, like no, a, okay, and I like this, this, this ad. You're like, oh, these, these metal guys are just privileged. That's what they said. Like, yeah. Because these guys are obviously making so much money that they're all living in like... Their parents' basements, and that's a privilege to live in your parents' house. That's right. Because getting your stuff stolen from your getting van. Getting your stuff stolen. You like, know, Flesh God is like one of the bigger bands in the world. They got the stuff stolen, and they had to cancel the last four shows because they're that privileged. Oh yeah, yeah that's that's great. That's how privileged metal guys are. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And look at the, like the pop scene, like you said with Taylor Swift. They had the privilege of having seven writers write them a song. You know, and like I said, making trillions of dollars now. Not to say they're not work hard; they probably deserve it. They probably deserve to make that much money. They move the records and that as well. But we're gonna we're gonna do this. We're gonna sit here because it was a festival that we didn't like, and we're gonna tackle. Like you said they're not making nothing. And ideally, even if you had more female bands, the head guy is still a guy. He's still the patriarch, isn't he? He's still running the show. So who gives a shit if you see a vagina on the stage? Because you need to understand there's a wage gap thing that you want to combat. So do the job, get paid more, and then you can run the show. Beat them at their own game. And then they Well, if Jackie have all these connections in the music industry, they should start their own festival. I yeah. mean, why don't you take the risk on that? Why don't you put your house on the line, organize a festival just so purely feel Yeah, we had Jason North on it. I reckon we can put tee up Jason North with Junkie and yeah. they can have the best festival lineup yeah, ever. Get that and- journalist to put their house on the line and see how well they're going. <laughs> yeah, see if they'll do that. But um, uh, look, I think we can't do any more before we explode a brain cell. So let's um, let's move it on to our final story this week because we're gonna finish on a positive note because we are positive peeps. Yeah, we try to be. Um, the last one's Richie Sambora with rehearsing with Bon Jovi, and he said it was for the rock uh, for rock hall. Apparently, he said it was wonderful. He said he'll never want to join back in the life again because you know playing in front of thousands, billions, and trillions of people and getting all that free. Um, women and drugs and all that. It's just not for him anymore. He just can't do it anymore. You can't, I guess he can't have happiness overloaded. Like, it would eventually just like blow his brain off and like... I mean, if he goes to heaven, he'll be disappointed. He'll be like, oh, is this is it. You know? <laughs> I got this on earth, man, you know? Jesus is like, come on, man. It's wine. There's some hookers. Like, what's your problem? He's like, uh, I'm bored already. <laughs> yeah. So, I guess with that, though, really, we're, we're happy with the guy. He gets to relive some nostalgia. Yeah. Sing with an icon like Bon Jovi and uh, It's My Life. Getting a band, back to the band. I don't know about you, Bet, but my ovaries are tingling. All right. So, let's move on to our podcast <laughs> question this week, then. This seems out. I want to keep it really simple. We are massive sport fans, aren't we, Danny, on the show? Yeah, we love it. None of this come with games bullshit, but like yeah. real sport, like balls and stuff. Yeah. yeah, and not really the AFL or cricket. <laughs> we're dodgy as so we can't really follow that anymore. Um, rugby, we've never got because we're not in the eastern states and we don't huff petrol. Yeah. More football, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, if it's a round ball. Soccer <laughs> for you Americans. If it's guys. a round ball, it's amazing and we're sports fans. But we wanted to ask people what they thought about, you know, just what their favorite song is that, and they want to hear at their favorite sporting ground. You know, like team comes out, they get excited because you know, it builds them up. They're walking out in front of, you know, 10,000 people. Yeah. It's because these days, like the AFL crowd or AFL teams are finally getting on board about having like a team song. Like in Europe, it's happened for ages. Oh. Even like America, blah, blah, blah. All these teams come out to like a song, like a famous song, like they rip off a band song, they play it. Mm-hmm. And our AFL is starting to do it, thinking, oh, let's try to create that atmosphere like you know liverpool have you never walk alone etc and afl is doing it, and they're struggling with it they don't understand the concept yeah. <laughs> you're supposed to pick a good song like a song that gets you excited so what did collingwood football club do they're an afl team for those who don't know it's um a big club a big club in australia probably one of the more high earning ones and uh, they decide what is a better song well a band they thought was metallica that they're metal so that would help right <laughs> 
Um, Generic response number one. <laughs> yeah. They're popular. S- secondly, they decided to choose the incredibly uplifting, energetic, mind-blowingly um, pumping Nothing Else Matters, Danny. I don't think they could have picked a slower song on this album if they tried. Oh. You know, it's a ballad. It's like, this is there to make people... Maybe the study is to make people sad because this would probably do it. This is the closest thing I could think of. Well, to be fair, like in kind of a lot of these supporters, they really don't have jobs and stuff. Based based on the jokes I've heard, I don't know. I don't live in Melbourne. I heard they were great people. We just stopped pretending we even had people listening to the show and just talking like off the cuff, man. I don't know. I don't live in Melbourne, so I'm just saying what people tell me. So maybe to them, nothing else matters. Legit, you're right. This is what I got in life. I have this, and nothing else matters. And that's that's the whole context of the uh, song. But you're right. It's just depressing, and it doesn't. Imagine guys, morbid. You, you're trying to pump up your team. You're running like, oh, really? Oh, this is disgusting. Oh, jeez. You're right. My life is meaningless. Well, it's okay. We're here to fix it, right? But okay. Even though like that album has songs like Enter Sandman and Sad But True, even The Unforgiven is even more of a more up, like powerful song than that one is. And that kind of does the whole thing. Yeah, like this bad, bad person, Collingwood. Go, go bye-bye, <laughs> you know? So we're here to talk about what song... Actually, Daniel, before we talk about our fans, what song... Do you think Collingwood? Now that rings to mind is a team that's like, yeah, a bit rougher, a bit more uh, angrier about not being employed. Situation. What song are they coming out to to make them feel a little bit more happier, a little bit more angry? Maybe that's what the crowd to just pull over and come out into the field. And yeah, who knows? Well, number one response is like you always do like Metallica, so they found Metallica. So number two generic band choice <laughs> is ACDC. All right, so. <laughs> And what song is fitting for ACDs with Collingwood is Jailbreak. So they'll be doing jail, Jailbreak yeah, with a bullet in his back. So that'll be Collingwood's song next week, Matt. Oh, my God. Lock it in, Eddie. You don't even care if you have anyone listen to the show anymore, do you? No, I don't care. Um, I, I think, yeah, perfect. What about um, some of our fans? They wanted to. We asked them a question about what they thought their favorite song is, but they really like the idea of attacking Collingwood or just getting, <laughs> getting into the mood of talking about the worst songs they've seen. So, like, Scott Teal has said Crows with uh, Thump Thumbman. Um, bad stuff. Luke Serta. Um, he had a laugh. He thought it was um, it was not a hit in the end. It absolutely flopped. I know some of the commentators were trying to save it. Like re- oh, yeah. I think Rerolt was like, oh, they're definitely playing better now that they heard the Metallica song. Oh, yeah, because hearing like a minor arpeggio is done out of seven beats a minute is going to get your dick hard, like for crying out loud. Well, hopefully not. They're playing football, but go on. A song that makes no sense to the context of the sport, lol. Port is his team, and by God, I hate it when they ever do the Never Tear Us Apart crap. yeah. The crowd doesn't seem to mind yeah, though. With it, that poor, he might not like it, Scott. But uh, sorry, Luke. But that that song's here to stay, man. What about um, Daniel Sederblad? Uh, Bulldogs with worst hangover ever. Um, I'm not sure what that's referenced to, Daddy. You know what's going on with that? I don't know what worst. I guess it's a song. Bulldogs be worse than Bulldogs. I'm not yeah. sure what that song is though. But doesn't matter. On. We're here now to talk about how we can save our favourite sporting teams to. Uh, yeah, to have even better songs coming out. Now, Liverpool, unfortunately, have... They're my favourite Premier League team. They've already got one of the greatest songs ever written for the uh, football stage, and that is You'll Never Walk Alone. Um, Celtic also have one of the greatest songs ever that they come out to as well called You'll Never Walk Alone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, we can't really do those two sporting teams, Danny. But who's your favourite sporting team? Well, I like LA United. Yes, right. good answer, Danny. That's where I was going with that. Yeah, thanks, man. Appreciate that. Anyway, and Ali United had a great song because we had a vote about this in South Australia. Democracy, yeah. Well, apparently. And there was about five or six songs put up on there. First, like, people suggested songs. And they picked this, the top five or so responses and we all voted on it. Yep. And the number one song which people chose was a song called, like, I think, 
it was from Judas Priest of all people, fantastic, ready metal, and I think it was called United or something. And apparently, it was actually written for Sheffield United football team in England. So the song was perfect for a football team with United's title. So, yeah. so we thought we'll adopt it here. Unfortunately, our cheer squad, God bless them, didn't want that song. They no. wanted Oasis Wonderwall. So yeah. what happened? Every time that United song was played over this before the game, they didn't sing it. Yeah, they thought, no, we didn't have our song, even though the whole everybody else voted for the other song. No, we want our song, so we won't sing it. And eventually, they stopped playing it because people are dicks. And then they start playing Wonderwall, so our cheers got to sing Wonderwall. Completely yeah. shit. Yeah. It has nothing to do with football. Yeah. Who cares? Because oh, it's just a dumb song. Very mopey, very sad. Yeah. And they end up getting their way. Yeah. Actually, that, there you go, Danny. So we have found the connection why people go to sad songs because, like, they get their favorite songs taken from them, so then they have forced to listen to sad right, songs. Yeah. That makes them even more depressed. So maybe yeah. it's not the correlation that they have metal songs. It's when they listen to other songs that aren't metal, makes them more depressed. Yeah, There's your link. That's a problem. Solving cancer every day. That's awesome. What about a song that you think Adelaide United need now? So let's wipe, like, let's wipe the slate clean. They can't do... Well, they can't do um, Thinger, because you've already said it's bad, so they can't do um, Wonderwall. Would you, would you just go say, go back to Judas Priest, and then it's fixed again? Or would you say... I've got an even better idea. Let's do blank. Well, I mean, that Juice Priest song was good because you can sing to it because it's a slow melodic song but a happy tone. Like, like a bit of a bit of uplifting as you sing together. Some European football teams, they just go out and just make it heavy. Like someone, yeah. ACDC, they do um like Highway to Hell one band or something. So, yep. Or Thunderstrike. So you just come out like to just loud noises. And even I think a German team does, um, no, Hell's Bells. So yep. some of those Hell Bells and ACDC. And other guys do like For Whom the Bell Tolls so from Metallica. And that's great because you just hear that jin, 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 jin. Yeah. People are like, oh. Other great songs like Seek and Destroy from Metallica because again, it's fast and a jig. And it's like Seek and Destroy. It's like very like attacking. Yeah. You want you want parts of the song to have like attackingness or aggressive parts to like intimidate the opposition. I think so that's what point. song are you going to pick for LA United then? What are they coming out to, man? Rock in front of their 12,000? Yeah, 12,000. So. Yeah. Actually, I really... I mean... Oh, I've really, I haven't really nailed down a song song. Uh, another good choice would be like Just Rain and Blood from Slag because again, it's so aggressive. Well, I wanted to yeah, say from Jimmy Borgie, they've got a song that I really think is great for people to come out to and that's Progenies of a Great Apocalypse. It's got this really cool uh, triple E kind of thing at the start which is like jin, 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 it's very foreboding. It's very cool. cool yeah. You know, I thought that would be awesome for a band to come out to because it's very intimidating and it's like it's a good so it's a good intro, man. Like the rest of the song's cool too, but that intro gets me every time. It's so heavy, right? Yes, yes. But if I had to do a favorite song, um, sorry, my favorite, my favorite team, but with my favorite bands, that gets a little trickier because my favorite band would be Nevermore, right? And their songs don't lend well generally to the arena soccer football kind of thing yeah so with that i would say what about songs like maybe seven tongues poison god machine or if we just got to keep it sad believe in nothing i don't think we should do believe in nothing because no. that kind of goes against the yeah. point of believing in a team but the melody is the strongest in that song <laughs> yeah, that's cool i mean you go back to like i like deep purple and you do like stormbringer oh yeah because like you know coming out of nowhere drive like so that's pretty cool and like the chorus is gonna get you Ooh, yeah 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 so it's like again it's kind of slightly attacking that's not ultra aggressive so people can like go along with it um yeah I, you just want a song which uplifts and pumps up the team that's the whole point having these team songs you don't want slow songs that's why i find a weird like never tear us apart poor Adelaide, and even the crows i think they come out to a slow song as well i'm like yeah i don't get it I, sometimes it can be good and emotive and take you away like you'll never walk alone but I don't know, it's, 
this uh, I'd rather have I'd rather if I was playing for sport I'd rather come out to like an amp pump up song so I'd rather that be blasting out over my speakers and just blasting the shit out and just intimidating everyone around the ground because you have like in your chest where they normally bring their own drums and stuff as well so you just create that massive atmosphere and a mm. massive like arena feeling you'd be like wow that's what you want to do you want to scare people yeah I like it, Denny. Good yeah, work. I don't really know. There's probably should be more songs. I haven't really put that much time thinking about it. I don't think it really matters because we're going to be stuck with, for a while, Wonderwall. Because, again, we're not going to oh. cheer at the start. We're not going to... Uh, even the songs we want, we get a little hard sell with those fans, I think. So, are you saying it doesn't really matter or nothing else matters? Uh, yes. <laughs> well, I guess Collingwood maybe picked the right song at the time and I picked the wrong person to do a co-host with me. <laughs> <laughs> or the bestest. <laughs> All right, so we'll move on from this, right? We've got those answers. Thanks, guys, for answering, but let's move on to our final presentation this week. The band's called The Crown. The album's called Cobra Speed Venom. These guys here are known for, I guess, what they've done for this album, to give it a bit of a spoiler alert, is a bit of a, a twist on the death metal kind of style. I think these guys are like mellow death to a degree with some thrash and punk elements thrown in it as well. Bit of a party kind of vibe. But uh, did we like it, Danny? That's another question. Uh, for starters, you hear that title, you just hear thrash. I mean, like, that's a thrash title of an yeah. album. And to me, I thought the majority of the album was more thrash-based yeah, with a bit enough. of death metal in it. Even yeah. so, maybe slightly blackened with the type of tone of the singing when he does that, like, squealing. It's not really it's not really like a death scream. It's more like a black metal type mm. feel. But that's only small parts of the album. It's not that much. But, yeah, I'll just go to that. I think it's more thrashy than there's anything else. Um, and it, you think it's thrashy, well, because the first like, three songs are just fast and yeah. quick, man. And just like blast beats and tremolo picking galore. It's like, wow, look at these guys. Go for it, man. Yeah, the ending on the first track, especially Destroyed by Madness, is definitely straight up thrash. Um, but a bit of a doomy kind of parts as well in the first track with the guitars being really tough as well and punchy. Nice taste of melody going on as well. Um, the production, though, is good setup to the start. I really think the production on this album was really well done. It really suits the style, kind of gives it that bit of grittiness and a bit of that rawness, which I think the wrist really needed to pertain to, and especially the um, vocals as well. So that was a good choice as well. But to start, they, they started with like a, it was like a horn, like not really a horn, like one of those big like trumpet sounds, like yeah. the slow thing. So you think, yeah, maybe it is like a black or death metal album because they start with that whole, you know, evil horn march death thing yeah. but then it kicks right into like a fast riff thrash see you yeah. later <laughs> even iron crown's the same yeah with a bit of a throwback to that punk but good transitions from that style into a thrashing number as well again it starts to get a taste of the solos being pretty good as well so iron curtain's got that for it going for it as well into yeah. the and into the name of death where again you're right it's more of a deathy metal thrashy intro and the chorus sounds with that bit of folky power metal kind of thing like a calma song yeah you actually have a bit of melody was first first time you hear melody actually in the chorus of track three, which is good. I mean, like yeah, when you actually get to hear a bit of the songs, they slow it down enough so you can get a bit of diversity. It's, it's quite nice. That's I think probably a bit. Again, it's a, it's a style thing. If you like fast and thrashy and deathy, then you like the first two. But yeah, I like to sometimes hear more of the notes and more of the feel. It's like sometimes slow it down slightly, and it was good when they did slow it down at times, like in track three and later on in the album. Yeah, so, yeah. And you got those cool heavy parts at the end of the song, where it's like one from Metallica is like. Yeah, but it sounded really tough and heavy, man. I thought it was good, good transitioning into the songs. I feel like these first three songs as well have a good pacing to it, but also they uh, do well just to uh, get the changes in between the riffs sounding pretty organic as well. Yeah, you're right. The middle section of the head's all like, master, yeah. master. <laughs> what about We Avenge as well? The strings at the top of that uh, at the start, this is where, for me, the song... The only thing bad about it, there's this like right yeah, through it. It is. Chorus, it should yeah. have gone. It is bad. The frequency is terrible. It gives my ears 
the ring and it's the worst because this is one of my favorite songs off the album but it is complete it's like literally you having your favorite steak with the side of your mum's mashed potatoes with the veggies come straight out from the oven roasted but someone's peed in it you know like it's amazing but it's got that tinge to it of that uh, tanginess and if that wasn't there if they did a violin maybe at an octave lower yeah. or something this would have been far more enjoyable track. It was a bad move from the production team and uh, they just shouldn't have done it because it's the only thing I didn't like about the song. Yeah. I see what they're trying to do. They're trying to create that evil yeah, tone and like, the, like mood. Like, oh, this is very... But it's the, wrong, nah. it's the wrong instrument. It's the wrong frequency. It's the wrong octave. It's the wrong everything. They just... They could have gotten that thing but made it sound far better than that. Yeah, you it just know? sound like feedback. Like if you leave your, your microphone too close, you end up... Yeah, just like hearing that for like the whole, not even changing your pitch with Tony Wright, just for the whole chorus. And it's just like, you gotta, what are you doing? Yeah. But the pacing of the song was great. Transitions yeah, were smooth. Guitars were very warm and chunky. It was great, you know? Um, yeah. Actually, actually, could as well, because like they, they had like two kind of solos. So they had a, a semi solo to slightly increase the pace, then went back to the slow part, and then had mm. another slow solo, yeah. which increased the part so the ending could be a little bit faster. So it was good. It wasn't just like, oh, here's a slow yeah. song, chucking a fast solo, fast ending. They kind of tried to step it up. Yeah. So I, look, I give them credit. It was clever. It was clever. What about Cobra Speed Venom, Danny, the name of the Cobra. album, name of the track? Um, Cobra. Yeah. Sabbath style intro, you know, maybe a little bit more evil with some strings in the background. It kind of sounded like a doomy kind of uh, feel, but some fast guitars in there with some wrists. They're really fast guitars, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, there's jumps in heaviness, you know, it throws a lot more, you know, going on. I think it's actually maybe um, a, more of a showcase of a band's abilities to a degree. Like, they're really throwing a lot in this track. Yeah, definitely right. You're right, they, they had that ominous intro. Again, it's some of those slow intros like track one are kind of lost in the song because yeah. you have, you try to create this feel and emotion, tension or evil, whatever you want to call it. But then once you go straight into like a thrash riff, you've just lost, you've just lost all that build up. You, yeah. You've just blown it away with like a turning on your um, garden leaf blow it's just like see like oh but yeah you're right it's a shame because it was it was quite cool and yeah world war machine death metal inspired totally this one here yeah, with definitely. real tough um tough lines from the guitars uh, vocals pushed right on top of everything as well i find that with the album like the vocals are right on everything yeah. here you know um and the mellow mellow death section as well and i think that's what you get you get those little subtleties from track one to six as well which i found you know really get a showcase of what the band does uh well and what they add as far as spices differently you know so not bad yeah again it's clever like they use a quick little march intro i guess yep. the song's about war so that makes sense uh, a little key change at the end was quite cool mm-hmm. right they do get a bit heavy in the middle as well and like it I say it's a bit blackmailing because when he lays his vocals, the second single or the layered vocal is a bit more like of a screech. Like yeah, if it's more of a yeah. banshee, it feels like it's yeah. more black metal. But when it's more like a um, cookie monster, then it's more like death metal. I know that's it's oversimplistic, yeah. Yeah. but you know we've got to draw a line somewhere. Um, moving on to Necrohammer, this is where I kind of tap out with the album because for me, I feel it's the air of familiarity for me. I just got the track. I'm like, yeah, it's cool. But I don't know. I think by now my brain started to wander a bit. And that's a sign that I'm not enjoying the album as much as I thought I might would want to because it's taken the album to have to try to concentrate whereas before I was kind of absorbing it and up to about track four or five I was like I get why people like Crown you know it's not my thing but I kind of get it yeah that's fair I mean like, they chucked in some different like different like ascending riffs in the chorus and a verse to make it like battle each other which I thought was okay I think they chucked a couple of dime bombs or something yeah. into this song Woo. to make it a bit different but again I reckon more thrashy than anything else. The song, I don't think it's uh, yeah. a death medley at all, really. Yeah. Oh, fair enough. Oh, or chorus for chorus with like the next song with the neoclassical chorus in Rise and Blood. It was I thought it was pretty awesome. Good, nice little change as well. And the death metal part after was really cool as well. Yeah. So the transitions here in the song is coming back to some some curveballs, which I liked about this band as well. And that definitely was one. 
Um, yeah. Even like in the solo, like they continue on because it does get a bit heavy and evil in one section. The solo, even though the solo is fast technical, underneath it, they still keep that he- evil riff going yeah. along. Oh, that was really cool. I thought that that went well yep. together. Well, where my grave shall stand, heaps different feel from the album. I found it's uh, I mean, instrumental. Yeah. Um, I thought this, I thought this is where they're going to end the album. Yeah. You know. Have. Um, so they didn't they went to one more song and um, was the sign of the scythe and I think it's just more of what you've heard in the album nothing really to uh, to freak me out and, now, and I don't want to talk about the bonus tracks because if they wanted to be on the album they should have called them on the album yeah that's kind of our rule here in Super Mario yeah, Brothers so yeah. when, if you're if you're going to do a gimmick like that to trick us to buy on the album well tough you know it's on the album. We review it. If it's extra, it, it doesn't matter. Even if they are the best songs, like with the the mercenary problem with uh, Metamorphosis, their best song was the bonus track. But ah. okay, same as In Flames, there was a Battles album two yeah. years ago. Their last two tracks were both bonus tracks with their best songs. Yeah, but it's like that should have been on the album, and you got a bad awareness for it. And it's kind of a gimmick because with Mercenary, only half of the uh, the world saw it. They actually gave different bonus tracks to different parts of the state, so to deprive people of some of the best material you've done because whatever is like oh, that's kind of that's kind of mean you have to make everyone buy the album twice that's kind of that's, that's a very EA thing to do and that's not cool yeah Symphony X did something as well like you had the single or you buy the double album and like the single album uh, just had the standard was at seven songs but then yeah. the double out um, CD had like ten songs had three bonus tracks and I was like what I know that even happened so yeah. what, what I want to say about this band for some reason I feel like this band will be better live now on the CD I feel like these guys will be a lot of fun to see live I feel like the songs transition well for that kind of audience where you're grabbing beers and you're kind of just like moshing it out and they're fairly accessible in that sense too so if you were at a show people were like yeah I get it but and the guitar solos as well are pretty cool. The double kick's awesome, but I do feel like it drags a little bit. I don't think it's quite lining up with the guitars um, than I thought it might. Maybe it's just my imagination, though, Danny. Oh, look, I thought, yeah, the solos are really good. They, yeah, they go fantastic. with the songs quite well, and they use the solos to actually help transition to different elements of the song. So I give credit there. They were, they were done fine. I didn't have a problem with them. Things that did have problems with, with guitars that they'll have a good riff or good chunky riff and yep. it'll be very short and very brief and like this is very disappointing. Yeah, they had some really good like tracks, like track eight and stuff. The middle had a really evil and chunky riff, and that's all you get. I was like, what are you doing? Yeah. That's an awesome riff, and then straight back into thrashy. I'm like, oh, look, there's probably great technical guitar work, but if I can't hear the notes, I don't. Yeah. I can't enjoy it. Oh, it's, look, that's yeah. it, and that's the thing. I think this album. I get why people love the Crown though. There is there is a lot for this band to to to, to like, you know, and for people out there who are into. Some of that stuff, you know, with your punky vibes, your your, your death metal vibe, and a little bit of a spice in between. Um, good things, but not for me though. Unfortunately, there's just there were some things about the album which I didn't feel quite. Maybe I need to maybe one that I can repeat on because I can hear some things that are really cool. But like you said, some of those punky, fast thrash lines are just like yeah, they're just not. F- yeah, not for me, unfortunately. Even though I've heard bands that do things that are fast, like Flesh God Apocalypse and that, they manage to retain a certain feel that I love, and that's the evilness or the the amount of uh, anger or really channel into something. And this is just cool. It's just it's just fine. Um, yeah, I thought it was okay. Yeah, definitely right. I mean, again, there, there wasn't much melody in the album to really call them like a death melodic band. That's probably maybe... Oh, it's just that some of those tropes that melodic death metal was like... Calmer and all those kind of bands, uh, you know, maybe Dark Tranquility to a degree, they kind of do. Uh, but you're right, it's not like a soil work. Yeah, like, I don't want people get that impression. Yeah, like, where it's, it's, it's like, oh, is it like the new stuff? No, it's not. It's no. not like In Flames as well. Even In Flames aren't like In Flames. So I guess <laughs> they're a bad influence to take to. Yeah, fair play. But look, again, this is again, if you like thrash and thrashy fast with a bit of death in it, uh, you might enjoy it. Yeah, again, I think you will. It's, it's very stylistic. And I'm not 
massive into that style, which makes it a bit harder for me to get into. But I do appreciate when they do like clever things and they do a bit of mel- melodies and tough Yeah, they're trying stuff. Yeah, solos. They really yeah, and even a drummer, like he does a bit of like offbeat, simple hits. I always love that type of stuff. So they, they do try to change it up a bit, but for me, I think it's just not the same, same, but it had a familiarity of the album. Yeah, and just going after track seven, I tapped out. After that, I was like, yeah, I could take it or leave it. But, you yeah. know, I thought these guys have got some really clever moments and I think they can broaden their appeal and this album here will get them, I think, some more fans and definitely keep maybe the old fans on board. It's, it should be fine. But uh, with that, Danny, what's the uh, last quote? Well, unfortunately, I couldn't find many of their lyrics. Songs still from track four, which is also yep. stolen from Metallic, and that's Master! Master! <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that's it. We're at the end of our show. Uh, thanks, uh, you guys, for listening this week. Uh, sorry if our uh, junkie.com article went a little bit o- overboard, but uh, we had a lot to say about it, and we feel like, um, I feel like uh, Ocean Grove, you know, my heart goes out to them, and I hope they wish them all the best with their luck and, and their success, and uh, not, hopefully they don't let, uh, uh, let like a, something like that tarnish their name because what they said was fine, yeah. and for uh, for someone to come out and attack them uh, was, was wrong. Yeah, I think that'd be fine. I think that whole junkie article webpage whatever the hell it is publication it's, it's aimed for a certain demographic yeah. of people and I have a feeling that demographic do not listen to metal and whatever we say or do it's not really going to affect well whatever they say do it won't affect the metal turnout yeah. so junkie I can make a joke and play on words like oh that was a junk article no you're just shit <laughs> stay out of the metal business if you don't know anything about it um, with that I am Super Metal Brother Matt and I'm Super Metal Brother Dan we've been the Super Metal Brothers thank you guys so much for listening we'll just have to catch you next week